Want to listen to this Ivory Tower Boiler Room or True Crime and Academia episode ad-free? Head on over to our Patreon where I'm giving you all seven days of a free trial. So patreon.com backslash Ivory Tower Boiler Room. And if you join the ITBR professor level, which you'll see gets you access to all of our rewatch podcast series like Queer as Folk and Smash, and all of our Teaches series, including when we rewatched Scream with you all, when we discussed The Exorcist, we're about to do a Britney Spears memoir episode. So, oh, and The Fall of the House of Usher is coming up. You also get access to both book clubs. And while you're at it, while you're joining our Patreon, where you're getting your seven days for free, I would really love if you Make sure you like and follow us on Apple or Spotify, and please leave a review. It really does help us in terms of advertisers and sponsors. Thank you all for listening to the Ivory Tower Boiler Room Network, and it is just wonderful to be part of this arts and culture organization and have you all out there reach out to me. So again, remember, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Ivory Tower Boiler Room. And we have a Facebook and we're on X as well. Enjoy this episode, everyone. Hi, this is Dr. Andrew Rimby. So when I'm not here in the Ivory Tower Boiler Room as the host and director of our arts and culture podcast, I am consulting because the Ivory Tower Boiler Room is not just a podcast, it's a small business. And I am officially an entrepreneur. So I've had many consulting clients and I wanna let you all know my services. So I've worked on college admission essay editing. I've worked on a graduate student's thesis. I'm currently helping advise a PhD student's dissertation. I'm working with a small business on revamping and rebranding their social media strategy and just working on new media ideas to expands their audience. So if any of that seems like a fit for you, reach out to me via email. It's ivorytowerboilerroom at gmail.com. I'm currently revamping our website. So soon I will have a consulting section on the website. So don't worry, I'll have a new ad to talk about the new exciting website updates, which will include testimonials. It'll include the different services, but for $30, you get a one-hour private Zoom with me to talk through how I can help consult you, and then we'll figure it out from there. So ivorytowerboilerroom at gmail.com, easiest way to reach me. Also, remember, we have two book clubs meeting on November 19th. So I'm hosting the Parachute Women Book Club. Parachute Women is about the women behind the Rolling Stones' success by Elizabeth Winder. And Mary is hosting the True Crime and Academia book club, which is all about haunted asylums, prisons, and sanatoriums inside abandoned institutions for the crazy criminal and quarantined. So to join the book clubs, head to our Patreon, patreon.com backslash ivory tower boiler room, and make sure you choose the specific book club you want to join. I'll see that you've joined and then I'll make sure that I reach out to you. So you get the zoom link and you'll be there on November 19th. And I can let all of you know, in December, our book club choice is Britney Spears is the woman in me. So spread the word, everyone. Okay, 
Um, also, you can join the ITBR professor level and get access to both book clubs and all of our ad-free videos and audio episodes. Okay, I think I've said everything I have to say. And now, here is our exciting episode. crime friends welcome back to another episode of true crime in academia i am your host mary de pippi i hope you all had a wonderful week this week i hope you are looking forward as always to a restful you know wonderful weekend i'm going to see wicked this weekend i am very excited um i'm going with my parents and my sister it's gonna be like a little family date we're gonna do dinner beforehand and then you know, go and see the musical in Philadelphia. So very excited for that. Love any, you know, parent sister time I can get, you know, because I feel like like my parents, my sister and I, I feel like we all genuinely do like like each other. So like I'm always so excited to jump at the opportunity, you know, when I can, you know, to hang out with them. So I'm very much looking forward to that just as I hope you are all looking forward to your weekends, like I said at the top of this. So for this week, like I said, I do have a longer news update for you all. And it is also the conclusion for this three-parter case for the Virginia Tech shooting. So we will be completely done with that after today. So yeah, I'm really excited to get into that with all of you. So without any further ado... Let's get into this news update. 11 people are on trial for running a child sex abuse rink in Glasgow, Scotland last week. Three children came forward as the victims of sex crimes, including rape, sadly, in a drug den. And in this drug den, it was said that heroin and cocaine were consistently present. You know, aside from rape, also, you know, I'm sure there are also charges of child endangerment. And sadly, there are also reports of children being locked in closets or cupboards and things like that. I mean, it's just absolutely horrific. Now, the 11 who are on trial, they claim to be witches and wizards. Again, I have no problem with women being witches. Like, yes, all of that. And for, you know, men too, you can be wizards. However, in this particular circumstance, and given all of the drug evidence, I don't think these people held, you know, or really felt true to being like wizards and witches. I think they just kind of wanted to use that as a cover personally. But again, that is, like I said, that is just my opinion. Like I said, there is nothing wrong with them referring to themselves as this, you know. But in the statements from the children, they also referred to the adults in this way. Like, you know, as witches and wizards. So, 
you know, again, that's kind of why I feel like, you know, they weren't actually feeling maybe that they were this, you know, but just that it was used more as a manipulation tactic against these poor kids. With the court systems in Scotland, this was all conveyed through testimony via Kath, or um, sorry, woman named Catherine Harper, who was an advocate deputy. Some of the 11 adults who are charged are also facing charges of attempted murder. It is also alleged that the 11, all of them, tortured dogs as well. Which, obviously, abuse towards children, abuse towards... Like, I'm just seeing red all around. Like, having looked into this, you know, but again, I also felt that it was important to talk about this, you know, because the fact that it still happens. Now, the 11, I, I've seen their names, and I just don't want to give them dignity, but they are 11 individuals ranging from ages 38 to 50, of course, all of them deny these charges, but from what I've read as far as the evidence against them, hopefully that is going to put them away for a very long time, if not life. So we will see what happens with that. Last week, a yoga instructor named Caitlin Armstrong was officially on trial for the murder of a woman named Anna Mariah Armo Wilson. Authorities allege that Armstrong shot and killed Wilson back in May 2022 while Wilson was in town for a bike race because she was a well-known cyclist at the time. Wilson had previously dated another cyclist who just so happened to be dating Armstrong at the time. Prosecutors claim that Armstrong acted out of jealousy. It seems, though, that Armstrong would go through her boyfriend's email, his phone, like just his phone in general, his social media, everything, and pretty much monitor everything he had to say, you know, not just with this woman, but with everyone in general. Now, according to authorities, on that particular day, it was said that Armstrong was tracking Wilson via a workout app called Strava, which people basically use to track their location and how far they go. This was actually an app that I had used a little while ago. And basically, it's an app that tracks your location. So when I would go for my runs, I would put the app on and it would monitor and tell me like what mile, you know, I reached as I would go on my run and things like that. So for people who do biking and things like essentially it's just another type of like, and you know, it tells you the calories you burn and things like that. But you know, I didn't have a watch on, it was just from my phone. So it's very generic information. Um, but essentially, you know, the main thing is that it tracks your location. From what I can tell based on the research, prosecutors are alleging that Armstrong got Wilson's location because of this app and essentially used it to follow her and thus, you know, be able to find the opportunity to kill her. Armstrong is currently being accused of fleeing the scene 
given that she went to Costa Rica just days after Wilson's murder. Armstrong's attorney is claiming that all of the evidence is completely circumstantial, but, I mean, we all know that circumstantial evidence is evidence. But as this case progresses, I will keep you all in the loop, and we will see how that plays out in trial. On Monday, a man from Maine pleaded guilty to a domestic violence charge. It's said that he is going to be sentenced to five years for an assault that took place in 2022. The 35-year-old Christopher Pelkey pleaded guilty to aggravated assault and domestic violence criminal threatening this past week. This is the third domestic violence charge against Pelkey. And this is why we're talking about this because... The first two charges of domestic violence that essentially from what the victims have said resulted in near fatal injuries. This is why we're talking about it because in those two cases, he this individual Pelkey, he didn't get any time for. This is the only case that he is serving significant, not really even though significant. I mean, it's like five years, but... Again, compared to the other, it's significant. So, yeah, this is his third charge of domestic violence. And, you know, oh, my God, he's serving five years. You can hear how pissed I am at this, right? But at the same time, unfortunately, at least it's something. Because at least from one of the victims who he left with, like, you know, fatal, near fatal injuries, like, they are permanently disabled, fucking hate this and again I'm just gonna be like this is this dude's name and fuck him straight to hell personally now another one of everyone's least favorite zoo owners from the pandemic hit Tiger King Doc or you know Bhagavan Antel he pleaded guilty to conspiracy to violate the Lacey Act which we'll get into in a second Plus, conspiracy to launder money. Now, for those like myself who didn't know, the Lacey Act essentially prohibits the trafficking of illegal or illegally, I'm sorry, taken wildlife, including animals protected under the Endangered Species Act. How he did this, basically, prosecutors are saying that Doc Antel took advantage of his position as a conservationist. And he basically requested payments for endangered species that were to be made to look as if they were donations to a nonprofit. Again, he is allegedly as being the director of the sale of two cheetah cubs, two lion cubs, two tigers, and one juvenile chimpanzee between September of 2018 and May of 2020. So, you know, again, we'll see how this all goes down. Again, if you watched Tiger King, you're probably just like, yeah, no shit. Of course he did all of these things. It's just a matter of when is the court going to catch up. Again, this is all alleged. So, you know, again... We'll see what happens. But again, we all saw the documentary. 
The last case that I have for this news update, sadly, Santa Rosa police recovered the head of a woman who was allegedly decapitated by her own grandson. Luis Gustavo Arroyo Lopez, the main suspect and alleged killer in this case, had been recently released from the state prison on a post-release community supervision. I'm sorry. <laughs> supervision or the PRCS, which to me kind of seemed like a, a re-assimilation into the world, you know, the real world kind of program. Now, it is believed that Arroyo Lopez killed his grandmother named Elvira Lopez Arroyo. Um, it seemed that it was a targeted attack. Again, there's very limited information about this but it seems that Louis then or Louise then fled the scene with Elvira's head that Saturday morning Louis had been taken into custody without incident and he is being booked obviously for her murder and of course violating you know his probation that PC, or I'm sorry, not PC, PRCS, you know, parameters. He is also currently not being granted bail, and shortly after his arrest, sadly, police found Elvira's head on the south bank of the Santa Rosa Creek. Her head has been brought in for further investigation, and they're doing more testing and things like that, but... That is all I have for this news update for you all. We are finally finishing the Virginia Tech shooting this week. So we're going to take a quick break and then we will get into the conclusion of the Virginia Tech shooting. I am here with the co-owner of one of my favorite stores here in Port Jefferson Village, New York. It is called The Soapbox. So Janine said, Andrew, I have these four products you need to get your hands on. It's called Four for Fall. So she's going to go over these four products. I know first you have a soap for me. What is the soap? I, do. I have a soap for you. It is called Apple Cider Shea Butter Soap. It's by a company called Greenwich Bay. And this is a great soap because you can use it for your hands or your body. And it has a delicious apple cider scent. And I think you're actually already familiar with it. Yes, it is Try in it. my shower. I still have it. It lasts a very long time. Yeah, great lather. The lather is wonderful. Mm -hmm. It's just so luxurious. And I love the scent into November. Yes. You know, this apple cider just it evokes so many cozy feelings. Oh. After the soap, we have something that you can add on to yes. in the shower. So what is this? This is a wonderful, wonderful um, exfoliating shower scrub. It is by a company called Primal Almonds, and it's a sugar whip shower scrub. And the scent is pumpkin spice. It's a moisturizing sugar scrub. So it's tiny little sugar granules. And it's something that you would use after you shower twice a week because you don't want to strip your skin of your natural um, oils and your your moisture, but it's wonderful. It just really exfoliates all that dead skin and leaves your skin very smooth and soft from all the, um, the sugar. 
So after I use the exfoliant right now, we need to moisturize. So yeah. I know you have a really nice fall body lotion for us. Absolutely. Um, this is just such a delicious scent. This is one of my favorites for fall. It is The scent is Orchard Breeze, and it's by a company called Michelle Design Works. Um, this is another product that you can use hand or body, hand and body. Um, it's great. You can place it um, on your vanity, just a couple of pumps for your hands or use it on your entire body, but it's shea butter based. So it's extremely moisturizing. Um, it's it's just wonderful. And the scent is just lovely. We need something more deep for our face. Everyone yeah. wants face masks. And I know that you absolutely love this company and this product. This is one of my favorite masks by one of my favorite companies that we carry and we support. The company is called Farmhouse Fresh and they're right out of Texas. The mask is called Splendid Dirt, and it's a nutrient-rich mud mask. Um, it consists of pumpkin puree, and the benefits of this mask, uh, it's a pore minimizer, a radiance booster, and a skin degunker. So it's an all-around great mask. If you really want a boost of radiance, it brightens your skin, and it really cleanses your pores. If they live on Long Island or near Long Island, you know, what is your address uh, for them to come into the store? We're located at 18 Chandler Square in Port Jefferson, New York, right in the village. Um, and if you can't make it, you have to come in because we just have so much fun stuff in here. So many wonderful products. Um, but if you can't make it in, please give us a call. We're more than happy to um, ship any of these wonderful, all any of these wonderful products to you. Um, uh, call us at 631-509-1424. You could always um, reach us on Instagram at the Soapbox NY. Or you could always um, check us out on our website, Soapbox NY. Um, and yeah, there's so many ways to access your so products. Many ways to reach us. And Janine is more than happy. And Mariana, the other co-owner. My mom, actually. Yes. Yes, my mother. Are so willing to take your orders yes. via phone, via Instagram. And I can't wait for everyone else to enjoy these luxurious products. Imagine that. You're riding the Turner Classic movie, Great Movie Ride, in Hollywood Studios. It's in the 1990s. As you're journeying through the Great Movie Ride, you pass the Wizard of Oz, where all of a sudden you see the Wicked Witch of the West ascend into Munchkinland in a cloud of smoke and flames. Well, that's the memory I have with the Great Movie Ride in classic cinema when I was at Disney in the 1990s as a young boy. And ever since that, I was hooked on classic cinema. Well, my friend Christian Garcia, friend of the Ivory Tower Boiler Room, has a podcast that you all are going to love. It's called That Old Gay Classic Cinema. And he looks at queer themes in classic cinema, like Vertigo, The Wizard of Oz, Sleeping Beauty, Mary Poppins, 101 Dalmatians, Hello Dolly. The list can go on and on and on. So follow him on Instagram at That Old Gay Classic Cinema. You can listen to his podcast on Apple and Spotify. Spotify. And he also is on the premiere episode of our Queer as Folk podcast, where I'm rewatching every episode of Queer as Folk from 2000. And the episodes come out bi-weekly. So make sure you listen to his episode with me. And he's launching a rewatch show of Smash, where they're putting on a Marilyn Monroe musical. So he's going to be joined by co-hosts, a lot who are in the Broadway and theater industry, and I'm going to be on his first episode. So without further ado, get listening to That Old Gay Classic Cinema. Enjoy. 
Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Andrew Rimby, and I am so excited to be talking about Broadview Press. You might be asking, what is Broadview Press, Andrew? Broadview is an independent academic publisher in the humanities that produces high-quality, pedagogically useful books for use in university and college classrooms. They publish in the humanities mainly English studies, writing, philosophy, and history, just to name a few genres. And recently, I had on Dr. Jason Holt, who wrote all about the philosophy of sport. And what better summer episode than to talk about what happens when a philosopher dissects the beautiful aesthetics of sporting culture? In the spring, I had on doctors Kyle Stedman and Tanya Rodriguez to talk about what is sound writing, how to make audio projects in the college classroom, how to even have your students create podcasts. And then in the winter, I had on Dr. Dr. Jeffrey Weinstock. He talked about analyzing pop culture. Yes, I even sneak in some Real Housewives questions. And how to teach composition and make it fun. He uses this whole metaphor about being a mad scientist in this gothic lab. And in the fall, I had on Dr. Ann Stevens, and she talked about literary theory and criticism. And yes, the university season is upon us. So what better way to talk about the college classroom than to actually understand what is literary theory? That's a wonderful episode for all of you out there who teach literary studies. I love Broadview Press. Make sure you use their exclusive code. It's Ivory Tower on broadviewpress.com. You get 20% off all, all Broadview Press publications. Okay, until the next Broadview Press interview. And now back to the Ivory Tower Boiler Room. On April 16th, 2007, at around 7.15 a.m., Sung Hoi Cho walked into West Embler Johnson Hall and opened fire on two students, a freshman female and a male resident assistant or RA. Thankfully, the school's security was notified, but Cho had already fled the building. The school had just assumed that maybe this was a domestic homicide and that the killer had just fled and this was a one-time, you know, the, the suspects had been hit because it was a male and female, but it hadn't. The university, though, then chose to close down the dormitory, you know, obviously to preserve and process the crime scene. But that left the rest of the school open for classes and thus put them in danger. Now, we all have the benefit of knowing what has happened. And, you know, in any sense, like you would think maybe, okay, could something have been done to maybe amplify security? You know, things like that, you know. But at the same time, Given the situation, and I'm not saying that it's right, you know, they're calling this a domestic homicide because they're assuming that the the freshman female and the male RA were the two victims that were targeted. They're not assuming that this is a small part of a larger, you know, mass shooting, unfortunately. 
So because of this, they're treating as if it is just <sighs> sadly that, you know, these victims were killed and that they were the intended by the killer, essentially. But obviously we know now they were unfortunately very, very wrong. In fact, when police first arrived on the scene, they immediately investigated the female freshman's boyfriend as their prime suspect. At around 9.40 a.m., the university and the police, of course, were proven wrong because Cho entered Norris Hall. And with him, he brought his 9mm handgun, a 20 tel- 20, excuse me, 22 caliber handgun, and hundreds of rounds of ammunition. All of which, interestingly, which I feel like maybe most people don't pay attention to, but again, it's very interesting that he obtained all of this legally. Despite the fact, again, that he had already been diagnosed with depression. So... Again, I know we want to look back at the time that it was more like it's 2007. Sure, you know, I mean, hindsight is only 2020, and maybe that's why I'm so frustrated. But just the fact that someone diagnosed with depression is being told that they can have a gun. I mean, again, I just don't feel like that they were looking at everyone's record, or at least mental health records back then. But it's also just sort of disheartening to think that someone with depression would be able to have access to a gun. Whether, unfortunately, they do what Cho did, which was, you know, conduct a fucking mass shooting, or they kill themselves with it you know I just you know yeah it sucks I personally just feel like why can't it just be like a car why can't owning a gun just be like a car you know I mean healthy restrictions again are healthy I just (sighs) Cho pretty much went and entered any and every classroom he could and opened fire on students and staff. For approximately 10 minutes, bullets flew through the air of Norris Hall. After killing 32 people and injuring at least a dozen more, Cho returned to room 211 and turned the gun on himself, ending his own life. LGBT stories are universal, but each one speaks to the individual heart and soul of the writer telling it. Do you have a story to tell? Or have you been moved by an LGBT book, film, painting, television show, or other form of media? Then the Gay and Lesbian Review wants to hear from you. The GNLR believes in bringing awareness to queer art and artists through reviews, commentary, and thought pieces in which the author relates their personal lives to a particular piece of art, a novel, a movie. In addition to the print magazine, the GNLR also publishes articles on its blog. So you can see all of this on glreview.org. 
That's G-L-R-E-V-I-E-W.org. Remember, you get 50% off your subscription of the GL Review magazine when you use the promo code ITBR50. That's 50% off your print or digital subscription when you use promo code ITBR50. To learn more about submitting an article for the GNLR, visit their writer's guidelines. The link is located at the bottom of their homepage. And if you have any questions, email Stephen Hemrick. That's S-T-E-P-H-E-N dot H-E-M-R-I-C-K at glreview.org. The GNLR and its readers can't wait to see what you have to say. Hi, this is Dr. Andrew Rimby, and I'm so excited to shout out the Gay and Lesbian Review, who is helping to sponsor the ITBR podcast. For all of you out there, the Gay and Lesbian Review is a bi-monthly magazine where you can discover new things about gay and lesbian literature, history, and culture, and the GL Review publishes essays in a wide range of disciplines, as well as a slew of reviews of books, plays, and movies, and a number of special features, such as artist profiles and their popular art memo column. Each issue of the magazine brings you consistently intelligent, lively, thought-provoking articles focused on a unifying theme. For example, their September-October issue centers on the theme, Cracking the Closet. So, starting in the 19th century, a number of artists and writers found ways to crack the closet by expressing their sexuality between the lines or in the interstices of their work. For example, Ignacio Darnad, who is a friend of the ITBR podcast, he's been on our show, writes all about illustrator J.C. Leyendecker, whose work for Ivory Soap and Arrow Collars gave him plenty of opportunities to draw pictures of well-dressed and at times scantily dressed American men. And you also can find an article by Vernon Rosario, who has been on the podcast, and he talks about the quest for sex in the Middle Ages. So to subscribe, visit glreview.org. That's G-L-R-E-V-I-E-W.org. Click subscribe. So on their website, go all the way over to the right-hand side and you'll see the button subscribe. Click subscribe and enter the promo code ITBR50 because you're getting 50% off your subscription to the print or digital edition of the Gay and Lesbian Review magazine. I can't wait for you all to have your copy of the Gay and Lesbian Review magazine and make sure that you take a picture when your magazine arrives or when you're reading it online and tag the GL Review on Instagram and ITBR, and we'll share it out in our stories. Enjoy your reading, everyone. Hi, everyone. Happy almost holiday season. Because the holidays are upon us, I'm sure so many of you out there are thinking, oh my, what am I going to get my friends, my family, my children, my romantic partner, my husband, my wife, any you know significant person in your life? Look no further than my good friend Mandy Bengal, who makes handmade crocheted items. Her company is called Mandy Made It. You can follow her on Instagram at M-A-N-D-E-E Made It. And you will see all of these crocheted items that she's going to be able to customize for you, including special characters, sports team figures, even holiday items like a snowflake or a Christmas tree. So I have Mandy's keychains. I have the poison apple from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. 
I have a rainbow um, flag that she made me. So Mandy is able to really customize an order just depending on what your hobbies and passions are and, you know, what item you're really looking for. So because you're listening to me talk about Mandy, she said that anyone who goes to Mandy Made It on Instagram and orders from her and they've heard the Ivory Tower Boiler Room ad, she will give you all a free Ivory Tower Boiler Room t-shirt with your order. So head right now to Mandy Made It. You know, if you were really looking for that special gift, now you don't have to look any further because I have you covered with Mandy Made It. Okay, I hope you all enjoy your items from Mandy Made It. And please make sure that you take a photo of your crocheted item so that we can share it out on our social media. I know Mandy would love that, and I would love to see what you all are ordering from her. She even has an adorable pillow called Netflix and Chill, and she has these cute coasters that she crochets for your favorite coffee or tea mug. So enjoy all your Mandy Made It products. Student Chris Goddard, who was one of the students who sadly was in room 211 and luckily was able to survive the shooting spree, was able to call 911 when he heard the shots. He recalled it being, quote, the most scared I've ever been in my life. Goddard was one of two people who Cho injured. He suffered four gunshot wounds. Another woman named Emily Haas, who survived the incident, was also injured during the attack. Two bullets had grazed her head. She was able to pick up Goddard's cell phone and stay on the line with the 911 operator. Once the shooting was over, the police asked her to let them inside the classroom and escort her out. She remembers being one of the few people who were actually able to leave the room alive. The shooting at Virginia Tech is considered to be one of the deadliest mass shootings in the U.S. history, of course, at the time. And sadly, since then, there have been so many more because, you know, this is how this country fucking goes, you know? I try not to get too much into the politics of it, but, like... When you give people access to deadly weapons, you can only expect violence. And that is personally, in my opinion, especially when there are no ways to vet the people who are allowed to have said deadly weapons. You know, so, I mean, the fact that we have mass shootings still in this country and that no other country that is, like, considered to be on our level, has this problem, is a disgrace, honestly. And I feel like there is some sort of a compromise that we can go with. And again, I feel like it kind of has to do with how we view, you know, getting a license and things like that to drive a car. Like, I kind of, again, like, wish that that was the case. But, you know, people are always wanting to pull the Second Amendment with that, even though they don't fucking understand it but yeah (sighs) you know it just and I remember this went because this happened in 2007 so I was in high school at the time and looking at colleges and 
hearing about this was just absolutely terrifying to think that you could be and also part of why I feel like I started this because you know I you know not to laugh or chuckle or make light of anything but like I feel like this really was like a moment in my life where I was like okay life is short and you know again like I say this to everyone who asks me why I do this age group and it is because it is so again like just frustrating to me to know how much hope and how much potential there is in those years and to think that you know, it can just be taken away. Because, again, we're not immortal. You know, things can happen to us. Thing, you know. Unfortunately, that just is how it is. But, again, just... <sighs> this age group is just so tender for me. Like I said, there's just so much potential in things. And to think that there are 32 people in this world who could have had an impact. But were, you know taken away because of this one person's pain infuriates me you know I mean could have Virginia Tech had better processes and things like that to prevent this but at the same time you go you know mass shootings in a college weren't really a thing so in some ways you can be like okay why weren't common sense things taken into account and why weren't they followed but then at the same time like those things that were you know that we look at as common sense weren't common sense at the time and that's you know again it's just (sighs) what is so frustrating like I said I don't want to blame the investigators or anyone else involved with how they handled this you know I mean it's it's extremely unfortunate and I feel like the more you look at it from a modern day view, the more you can see how it could have been prevented. But, you know, again, like I said, until you put it into the lens of the time that it was. (sighs) Again, not to say it couldn't been it couldn't have been prevented, but. You know, again, hindsight's only 2020, unfortunately. All right, my true crime friends, that is all I have for you this week. Don't forget to follow True Crime in Academia on social media. On Instagram, TikTok, and Threads, we are at True Crime in Academia. And on X, formerly known as Twitter, we are at TC in Academia. T is in Tom, C is in Charlie in Academia. Also, do not forget to like rate, subscribe, and follow on whichever platform you are listening to this podcast. It helps us in the end of the day, or not in, at the end of the day. And, you know, if you could also go to patreon.com slash room and subscribe that way and buy me a cup of coffee once a month, that would also be great as well. Whatever you can do, though, my loves, I understand this economy sucks. But until next week, my loves, I will see you all later.